You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to Practically Pastoring. It's a new year, the same group of guys, and we are glad that you are here. I'm joined by my but my friends up in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeff Simpson. It's just one of me. Hello, everyone. Down in something <laughs> South Carolina, Delmar Pete. Hello, hello. And together in the morning after ministry studios, you got Andrew Larson. Yo, yo. And Timothy Miller. What is that smell? Sorry. <laughs> All right. Starting the new year strong, guys. How, how y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh I wish this was a video podcast you can see tim's face right now uh <laughs> guys uh happy new year merry christmas all that kind of stuff it, uh happy third year of covid um it's a good time in this episode today we're going to talk about aliens fights during the sermon john MacArthur telling us those what are to different preach. things and aliens, and fighting during the the aliens are not no, fighting during there, the sermon there are yeah. all that we're going to talk we're going to talk about all that as well as talk about who won the free registration. Unless the guy registration fighting was from another country, then he'd be an alien. For the Practically Pastoring Conference. But hey, how you guys doing? How, how, how's the new year for you? Masks are back, baby. That's how the new year's going. <laughs> nice. Not in Florida. Yeah. Have wow. you, have you, did you have them? <laughs> if you ever have them. <laughs> uh, Jeff, did you, have you been getting any like uh, weird No, it was a, it, no, no, no. Actually, it was Amy and I, my wife and I were talking uh, yesterday about how like there was really no weird tension this time. But um, I guess it's our time to shine because we had like for a church of like probably 40 people ish, 50 people ish, like there's got to be 10 or 12 people who either were out yesterday, either from knowing an exposure happened or being sick with COVID. So it was just like I was in Florida actually during Christmas. And I got back on New Year's Day on Saturday, and uh, it was like, well, there's going to be like three people in the building tomorrow, including me. And uh, so it ended up being a little better than that. There was there was a few more, but the Wednesday before I got home, so that would have been like the 29th or 28th, whatever that was, uh, our county executive issued another um, emergency order and a mask mandate and all that. So nobody really like was upset, but... I think the difference this time is that in our church, at least, there's there's a number of people who have gotten sick now, whereas before when the mask mandates were coming, like nobody we knew was sick. So it was harder for people to kind of take that news. But this time they were like, oh, OK, I guess it makes sense. See, I love I, mandates. So it is what it, it is. It makes decisions easy. It makes it I, so much easier because I don't want to. It's not me. I don't want to require anybody to do any more than they they have to do. Like if you want to wear a mask, by all means, but I'm not going to make you wear one. Right. But if we're under a mandate, then hey, hey, sorry guys, this isn't me. Yeah, I, this so, is. Uh, it is I what it is. Mandates. I mean, it's only you know it's supposed to be the the emergency order is only till the end of January. Um, kids still went back to school. Well, they were supposed to go back to school today. Uh, they didn't, not because of COVID, but because we had a snowstorm. So, like this morning, uh, we woke up to I think four or five inches on the ground. So there's probably another <laughs> three or four on the ground as since we've been sitting here talking. So yeah, it's been an interesting weekend. It's it's been interesting. Like, have has y'all's numbers like how's y'all's numbers right now? Because I know like the day after Christmas 
for us, I had like 10 people in my services. Yeah, yeah. I had a great Sunday morning the day after Christmas. It was really like a good turnout. Oh, it was great. Really? It was and then, I was uh, at Andrew's church. It was so fantastic. Oh, <laughs> wow. I was like, wait a second, Jeff. It was fantastic. it was really cool. My and church then, actually uh, didn't even meet that day um, because wow. literally everybody was either out of town or was sick with COVID on the 26th. Mm. So they just decided to not do anything. And I just sent out an email saying, hey, church, praying for you. Didn't even make like a live stream video. It's just how the last two weeks have been. I mean, it was National Youth Pastor Preach Day for the for, for the right reasons, right? For real. Right, I think we had about sixty percent back. Um, right now, COVID is is going through our town pretty hard. So, but it's like the the COVID light, you know, the new one that's out right now. So, um, same same great yeah. COVID taste, less calories. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, we or were about same great right COVID la- lack of taste. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, guys. The, the, this is behind the scenes. The audience doesn't know this, but we just spent probably about an hour and a half kind of thinking about dreaming up some more about what we're going to be doing on February 21st to the 23rd at the Practically Pastoring Conference. I am so stoked. It, has been, it was like even just talking with the guys, sitting down, being able to spend a few minutes really focusing on what we're going to be uh, kind of honing in some details and i am super super excited about the crowd that's going to be coming we already have a bunch of people signed up from across the country and uh just even talking about the five of us getting together to be able to be a part of this uh i'm so stoked if you haven't done so you gotta go to parkthebestconference.com hey uh we were just talking about this in, in our conversation someone people keep asking like hey will it be streamed live will it be online I know there's a conference going on right now called the Passion Conference. Uh, it's another conference that starts with a P. Um, uh, they, by the way, uh, fully endorse this conference. So yep. if you are a fan of Passion, they want you to come to this conference as well. Absolutely. Thanks, and, Louis. And, thanks. Yeah. And they're fully like online and streaming. Um, there's a reason why we're not streaming our uh, conference. You guys want to share why we're not streaming our conference? Yeah, we don't air our, dir- our dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah. Quite honestly. We don't. We don't want anyone to get fired for uh, what they say in front of other pastors. <laughs> because- we'll, we'll also, as part of your registration, you also have to sign an NDA when you get there. So there you go. <laughs> there you want to come I mean- to this conference? Shut your mouth. Or we'll kneecap wow. you. We don't well, talk it- about okay, the Practically so Pastoring Conference. What happens at them. Practically Pastoring Conference stays at Practically Pastoring Conference. It'll be very in the Lake 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 we, are, we are actually going to have a professional videographer or photographer there doing a lot of work for us, like capture some stuff and because there's some things we're going to be doing that you who are attending don't know about yet that are pretty exciting that we need that person for but yeah ultimately i'm with you guys we landed at there's some stuff we need to discuss at this conference given why we're coming together and it would be better if it just stayed in those four walls yeah we want to just protect everyone's privacy we want to make sure um it's a safe place and if that sounds intriguing to you like a place to be able to be honest and and have some candid conversations and, and stuff like that. We want you here. So go to the practicallypastorconference.com. The price did go up, but we do have some promo codes. DM any of the guys, any of the five of us. But ladies, Frank. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You. But, but, but Frank, did you, did you tell everyone that a registration also includes a custom cut from a barber? Because my barber just texted me and said he's coming on February 22nd to give every Amazing. pastor there a cut. 
<laughs> yeah, this is he this just is, blocked and, out his entire day for us. So, fellas, We're, grow grow your hair out, grow your beard, grow out. your beards, grow your You're hair. A new look. And it's his birthday, so we're going to celebrate his birthday, and he's going to come to Lakeview and cut oh, your Oh, it's hair. my wife's birthday that day, too. That's Crazy. awesome. Like, but I'll, be, I'll be with you guys. This isn't, this isn't exactly Like, there's been times where we've exaggerated what's happening at this conference. This is not an exaggeration. We are yeah, literally... This is not a spiritual metaphor. He really is going to oh, get no. a haircut. That, that's we're actually having, happening. We're having a barber come in to uh, cut Straight hair. For, and, and he's a Brooklyn boy, too, so he knows how to, how to work. It's going to be some lineups, guys. It's going to be good. There, that's truly included. You know what else is truly included? Uh, there's there's going to be an opportunity to fish for sharks. Let's I mean, this go. Is gonna, this also, is gonna not be, a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. So this is gonna be no. super super fun. <laughs> um, so they're partly pastoring conference dot com. I'm so excited about it. You should be too. Uh, hit us up for a promo code. We can't wait for you to be there. Hey, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to dive into. This, the, the past two weeks we've taken off and we're about to uh, head back in starting this, the, you know, this, this the podcast. And Here's some things lot, you might have missed. Yeah, there's some big <laughs> moments in evangelical world that we want to talk about. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to dive into these stories. Welcome back, and we have a bunch of stories. Here we go. Here's the first one. Um, I had to look up to make sure the, the it was actually a real story because it's from the New York Post. NASA hired 24 theologians to study human reaction to aliens from a new book. So there's actually like this first broke from a story in the, in the Times in the UK. Uh, there's a University of Cambridge uh, faculty members written a blog post about it. This is a real deal thing. Um, they, NASA wants to know what people's reaction would be from, a, I guess, a theological perspective uh, if we if there was extraterrestrial life. Guys, what do you think about this, this? This is a conversation I have with my kids all the time when they're trying to tell me that aliens are real or have visited us. And to which I say, there might be life on other planets, but if there is intelligent life, was that life created in God's image? Did Jesus have to die for the sins of those aliens, you know, there's some very complicated questions, especially if you get into Orthodox theology. Gosh, and I feel like a failure as a father for discipleship. You're having these deep theological conversations with your kids and I'm not. So, Oh yeah. So I noticed that this article was released on December the 27th and that's right after uh, James Webb was launched. I don't know if y'all been following the new telescope that's been launched. It is going to be insane. And they said that they're going to actually be able to see like literally the blip from where the universe was created. And there's a lot of conjecture that if there is life out there, this would be the thing that found it. So I think they're trying, uh, this is a product of some pretty high hopes that NASA has. Um, and also, they don't want us reacting like the people did on Independence Day. Well, uh, I mean, I'm. St- like, it's funny because like there isn't like there is people like C.S. Lewis wrote about this. Like there are Christian thought leaders who have thought deeply about extraterrestrial life. And I think Andrew, you're right. Like theologically, the question comes down to are they creating the image of God? Like are aliens just like any other creatures? like the other animals. I have a personal conviction that like 
aliens are just going to be like other animals. But I don't even think they're going to – I don't think there's necessarily going to be intelligent life. I think we're going to find germs on other planets. But I don't think there's necessarily going to be like green creatures, you know, coming towards us. That was weirdly racist. It was very offensive. (laughs) If you were watching Star Trek right now, you would be so canceled. Alien cultural appropriation, bro. Come on. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. That was like Jar Jar Binks bad. (laughs) Oh, man. If only only people could have seen the hand motions, too. It was so good. All I'm saying is I don't believe aliens are going to be like as uh as real as we want them to be like from men in black or anything like that but i think it's interesting but if they are what if the song came back i mean do you, you want like, my cons- do you want my just imagine it's 1998 yes. and will smith is on every top 40 station again going that's the men in that's the men in here come the men in black i mean that's not gonna galaxy invader galaxy defenders defenders <laughs> Ooh, Let me see you just to bounce with me, just to bounce with. Me. All right, sorry, Frank. Andrew, that's the only rap song Andrew knows from memory is the Men in Black song. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I I can do what? all of Puff Daddy's version of no, Missing You stop. if you need me to. Whenever you need me to, I forgot it. You forgot. Andrew, I bet if people come to the Practice Pastoring Conference in February, they could hear it live and in yeah, person. That'd be good. That'd be great. Um, I do think that. Um, uh, here's what I think. I think the oh, government this is conspiracy theory alert. Conspiracy this, theory this alert. Is conspiracy, and I think a lot of people actually believe, like, agree with me on this. I think the American government Doesn't has super true. has super advanced technology, and I think that it's better for the United the 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 people of the world, the United States, to believe in aliens than for uh, for than for us to know truly what the United States government has. Because if the if if the if, if we knew what we had. Other countries would know what we have, and there would be an arms race to create this type of technology. So it's better to blame it on aliens and believe on aliens than to uh, than to believe that we have like hovercrafts or whatever that the you know some Tony Stark level equipment in the military. But uh, and then all this is bringing theologians to talk about to NASA is just a giant uh, cover up. So uh, yeah. Uh, you can hear my latest podcast with Alex Jones next week. Uh, We're gonna Alex call Jones him was saying that aliens already exist, <laughs> yeah. that they're interdimensional, and they oh. live with us now. All right. Well, y'all well, aren't up on not your own. Alex. Hey, moving on to the next so, story that we missed. I'm pretty sure that was a <laughs> secret invasion Marvel storyline, but whatever. Oh, yeah. It's cool. Okay, so here is the next story that came up. Uh, Punch is thrown in front row during pastor's sermon – Church commits to walking alongside assailant. So there was this video that went around, and I keep all this distance at least. <laughs> all this is in the show notes, but literally, a pastor's preaching out of nowhere. A dude just straight up clobbered a guy in the front row, and at least he's wearing a mask. I don't know, like I don't know how to, how to feel about this, but he's. Uh, it was the associate a... pastor that got punched. Oh, yikes! Also, the youth, he was a Dude, you know what it reminds, I don't know guy. if you guys have seen this. I've seen this on Instagram. It's a video of like I think it's like high school boys basketball, and the they're doing the handshake lines at the end of the game, and one of the kids just straight up just cold cocks the other guy. Yeah, in the face. He, that's exactly what this over. reminded me yeah. of. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's rough, man. Uh, I mean, but how would you have handled this? The the pastor was so he calm, was so good. Like he just he said, was "Stop!" Good. He was like, just he just. 
he just handled it so well. And I don't, I don't know crazy. if I would have been able to do, do that in that moment. Yeah. I mean, like, you, I think, you have to address it, right? There's no way you you, you don't like. Yeah, you have to stop. This is not one of those just ignore and keep going. This no. is not. This is not somebody's phone is going off in the third row. This is <laughs> someone who grew up in your church just punched the associate pastor in the face <laughs> slash youth pastor. But it's also like it's it's in the live stream shot too. So every what it's not like oh this is happening out of camera frame. No no no. We were seeing this because it was on the live stream. <laughs> I mean, it's a decent right hook if you look the at Paul it. The Paul brothers you know, would be proud. Part of me thinks, yeah, but part, you know, maybe the pastor wants his youth pastor to get clocked. <laughs> you know, maybe that's why he's so calm. Is that, remember that sermon from that one pastor a long time ago where it's like he, he gives I a punched him in the chest. Punched him in the chest, and it's like. When are you going to stop taking the yes. Lord seriously? That's not a good story, Pastor. Like, why would you say that? What's interesting to no. me is that the and live that stream shot. Jesus right there. The live stream <laughs> shot starts tight on the Pastor where you would not have seen it. And then like <laughs> two seconds not. before it happens, it pans out. And the, and, and it's like, yeah, the Pastor's so calm. He he almost has a look on his face like, oh, you guys again. Come on. <laughs> well, the, the story is that the uh, the guy who did the punching apparently was recently out of rehab and was supposed to be going back. So this is a, a man obviously with demons. And um, for for the record, when I say he has demons, I mean, he has issues, <laughs> I guess, depending on which, which depending, depending <laughs> on which kind of church, maybe you believe he has real demons. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to get into your angelology right there, but um, I'm just saying that there's a guy who is involved in the church, has a history with the church and history with issues and apparently felt that the, associate slash youth guy insulted his mother a few months before. And so that's what this was, was uh, in regards to retribution. There you go. That's crazy, man. I do. I do think like, uh, it'd be interesting. Um, I, I think in, in the situation, if I were in the front row and because like, I feel like I could be able to separate the guys, I would pause the sermon, get down off the stage. Yeah. But you're six, them. five, six, three, but I think you could do this too, Andrew. Like I don't think. No, I, I mean, I, no, Andrew would fall so out of his dead. stool. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get ah, jump in the stool and get knocked he would, over. He would use the stool like a lion table. Oh like, yeah, pushing the stool against him. Um, I mean, I think I I think if there was a fight, I could venture that there would be men in my church who who would get up and separate them for me. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would definitely address it and. I would hopefully be witty enough to come up with some sort of joke to to lower the tension, and then I would get back into my sermon. Assuming that, like, I mean, if the dude got knocked out, then I think that, like, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, he but... got up ready to throw, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he was defending himself. He was, he was ready. He was a big dude. Yo, I'm from the south side of the kingdom. We're yeah. ready to fight, dude. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But, yeah, that, that was interesting. There's a video. You can watch that. It's not gory or weird, but it's it's an interesting video. All right, next story that came up. John MacArthur tweeted uh, that he wanted pastors across the country to preach on biblical sexual morality, and he wrote this long letter uh, so that people on January sixteenth. So that's as of today. It's in two Sundays from now uh, to preach on biblical sexuality. Uh, my only question uh, to you all. As as I'm reading this article, there's a reference to James Coates at the Grace Life Church in Edmonton. That's the guy that uh, got locked up that we talked about before in Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and obviously, like, 
It's, I think like we live in a world that doesn't support. I, 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 Andrew, you were talking about this about uh, on your other podcast about how you, you know you wanted your son to see the Marvel movie, but you wanted to explain to him how the rest of the world doesn't have the same sexual ethic as God does, and so you like spoke into that with your son on the morning after ministry show, and like obviously that's true. Here's my beef or my concern here. Who doesn't have their sermons planned out more than two weeks That's, ahead? That was the craziest thing. So first, right. not only that, but he's tweeting it like between Christmas and New Year's. Hey, pastors, I've got, we want the whole nation of every pastor that subscribes to my cult personality. That's not Grace fair. To I don't you. know. Grace I, to I, I don't know. I don't know Johnny Mac, but, but still like, hey, I'm going to call for all pastors to do this in two and a half weeks. What? And not only like who doesn't have their sermons planned out, but who doesn't have their New Year sermons planned yeah. out? This isn't the middle of July right. when you're in your lull. This is yeah. it's, the, it's the beginning of the new year. And hey, the third Sunday of the year, I think every pastor that is like minded, it's, it's just bizarre. And so, Andrew, take what you just said and combine that with which pastors wouldn't have their sermons written and what kind of sermons do you think are going to oh, come yeah. out now, on this oh, topic? Because I, I think you are going to get some real, real harsh IFB, no offense, but you're going to get some real old school, maybe not thought out sermons that would not make no, you're you going to get proud. very, you know, not just non-affirming, you're going to get downright non-loving. And, and well, you know, right. I was going to preach about whatever this week, but I'm joining the national call from Pastor John MacArthur to do this. So here's a hastily written sermon about a very delicate subject and it's not going to be a disaster at all. Can we ask these churches not to live stream these? That might be helpful. That might be helpful for all of us. I was about to say, we have to live stream harvest that Sunday. Yikes. Yeah. That's going to make us all look really good. Here's what I, I just thought the irony was so funny. (laughs) It's like for a very reformation oriented Protestant church, to have one pastor think he's going to tell other pastors what to do is like so ironic to me that you're like unofficially <laughs> kind of being like the Pope, like, and Hey, again, everyone, everyone should do my idea. And it's like, first of all, John MacArthur, I don't care what you tell me to preach. Like that's the Protestant in me. That's like, I'm doing what I want to do. Like I'm the pastor of this local church. Who are you to tell me nothing? I just, I, that was the part to me that was just so ironic in this whole thing. Like, the, the the gall to like re- call for other pastors to preach on a topic you think is important is just it's crazy to me. Well, I guess my question is, how far out do you think Johnny Mac prepares his sermons? If this is kind of what he's throwing, you know. Now, granted, he just goes verse by verse, right? He's real expository, so he might know. Well, next week will be in the next verse. Yeah. Next week will be in the next verse. So maybe he just looked them off down the road and be like, "Oh, we're reading about some sexual stuff. Let's get everybody on board." But like to me, it's like, well, then you who are your advisors that would tell you, hey, that's probably not but, the best strategy. But also, if you're John MacArthur and you've preached verse by verse through the Bible however many times in you your very like, so yeah, so it's one. Like, and Tim and I are in a denomination that a couple times, you know, a decade or whatever, we're like, hey, we want as many churches as we can in on this same sermon series, and because we want you in on this sermon series, we're telling you six months in advance that we yeah. want you in on this. And oh, by the way. Here is an outline that you can work from. Right. Not not just, hey, everybody, let's talk about a biblical sexual morality on this date and go. 
Yo, I mean, I'm doing that right now. My denomination is doing a 40 days of prayer thing. But like we got stuff released to us like three months ago with like graphics and sermon outlines and videos we can use and all kinds of resources to make it actually work. Not, not just uh, two weeks hey, ahead preach of time. On the subject in two yeah. weeks. Yeah. My guess is, and, this, and I want to hear you guys' answer to this question in a second, but my guess is one of two things is happening with Johnny Mac is the sense that because he does preach like verse by verse, chapter by chapter, I don't think he thinks through like this is going to be a 50 week series. Like he oh, just yeah. says, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then if he needs to take a break, he could just push it one week. Yeah. Right. Or he has certain Sundays that he has scheduled as a topical sermon. Mm-hmm. And so like he already knows he's going to skip that. Does that make sense? Um, because I know like in my church, we, we actually do schedule out like every verse, every chapter for a particular Sunday, but we schedule in, Hey, we're going to do a topical series for these three weeks, or we're going to do our Easter sermon here. So that's what we do. Here's my question for you all. As of right now, how far do you have scheduled out? I'll go first, so as you can think about that. We have, um, we're going to end our current series in John mid-February, and then we're going to start a new series, which we're actually doing a New Testament survey. Um, so we're doing like every book of the Bible as a survey from Acts to Revelation. Uh, I think we're going to call it, um, oh man, I, oh, Pentecost to Patmos. That's what I want to call it, Pentecost to Patmos. Um, uh from now till I think, I think it goes until September or October, and then That's after awesome. that we'll, we'll we'll do some kind of small series, and then we'll do we have Colossians going into the next year. What do you guys have scheduled for? Like, how far out do you guys plan? So I just uh, updated our planning center with our worship team last week, and we are Sunday planned out through Easter. Uh, we know we're in the Gospel of John. It's going to take 55 weeks to get through it, but we are actual Sunday planned out, meaning a sermon title with key scripture from now till Easter. And I told worship team, go ahead and get ahead. Yeah, we're planned out till Easter. Um, so we're doing 40 days of prayer. We just did week one, and it's six weeks long. After that, we're going to do um, Ruth for eight weeks, the book of Ruth, and then it'll be Palm Sunday and Easter, and then... I think after that we're gonna uh, just go into Acts for a while. Is that we're 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 starting a six week Ecclesiastes study this coming Sunday, um, and then after Easter we're starting a twenty eight week deal in Acts. It takes us to November, and then I have a three weeker between November like Thanksgiving themed to get us into Advent next year. So and this is very odd for me. But with the exception of the couple of of Lent weeks before Easter, I am planned out through, you know, up until Advent for next year, which has never. So do you guys like have that written down somewhere? I mean, we're we're obviously planning center. So I go in and manually update every single Sunday as far out as I possibly can. So our worship team knows, or is it just like in your head? How do you guys? I do do it in planning center. I do it in planning center, but I also have like a, a document, like a spreadsheet document for each year. It yeah. starts, honestly, it started for me, uh, the planning started for me while I was down in Florida during that Christmas, New Year's week. Um, I mean, it started a little bit in my head before that, but I sat down with just a paper notebook in the backyard at my uh, mother-in-law's house and just like sketched out until Easter at least. And, uh, you know, had my phone, did some like, what do I want to, what? how much time do we have between this and this? Eight weeks, what mm-hmm. can we do in eight weeks? That kind of stuff. 
Do you guys already have your Sundays for guest speakers slotted out? Because I think we already put those in between now and Easter, too. I have Sundays that are, like, open for somebody, yeah. but I don't know who it's going to be. I know That's we have we a... We call them international workers, but we have missionaries coming at the end of January, so that'll be a Sunday. We'll still stay in our series for the rest of the service, but they'll take, like, you know, a, big, a chunk of the service. We're doing a 15-week series on Gideons, where Gideons come and speak for 15 weeks straight and give out little pocket-sized Bibles. Are you serious? <laughs> I, like, I really hope <laughs> you're <laughs> joking. I was like, there's no way. I'm you are kidding. lying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'll be honest. I've never, I'm, I've never heard of a hey, Gideon turning down did you guys Sunday, see? But... Did you guys see the guy that does the Bible review blog uh, did a Gideon's Bible review? No. It was hilarious, oh. man. Oh, really? I love how when I said that, all you guys were like so kind. <laughs> all and, of our like, eyes got really big then. And you're like... <laughs> 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 but no, like generally, generally there's like six months out and then we get the schedule and it's told this is your date. So then we get together and start writing. So, so for Dell and Frank, how often or how far in advance do you know when you're preaching on a Sunday? As of right now, I know till May May fifteenth, which is my my last day I'm preaching uh, so far the year. So yeah, I I I know about five months ahead, five or six months like ahead. Like what your dates so, are, my date and my sermon. How many my, my Sundays between now and that last date that you already have are you preaching? Oh, actually, I wrote that down recently. I'm preaching um, six times in the next five months. So you're so like a little more than once a month. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Del? Yeah. Um, roughly about the same. Generally, I know about, I only know about a month and a half to two months out. And I speak live at my campus six to eight times a year as well. So you throw that in there. And then generally, I'm I'm at the our main campus about once every one and a half months. So however much that equals out to, but generally I know like a month and a half. Two so what do out. your senior pastors do on those Sundays? I'm just thinking if I had, if I had 15 weeks a year that I wasn't preaching. Yeah. Maybe I'd be in better shape. I don't know. <laughs> well, mine uh, either schedules as vacations when I'm preaching or someone else is preaching. Obviously he doesn't do that every time because I, I there's also a third person in my church that preaches, um, but he v- goes to the other campuses and he will do our role as like a service host. That's cool. Um, hmm. So he'll do so he'll do our role and and service host, and he will uh, or like the other Sunday, the youth pastor Sunday, which is the Sunday after Christmas Eve. He literally just bounced <laughs> from campus to campus to say hi to people. So uh, that's what he does at my church. Um, pretty pretty chill. I don't know. I don't yes, see him here so, when I'm preaching. Know. I'm pretty much preaching, so I don't know what he does. I think <laughs> <so>. <laughs> he's doing something somewhere. That's all we know. <laughs> hey, uh, moving on. Uh, the last thing that we missed over the past two weeks, Tim. Is... Sorry, Tim just Tim just signed the petition uh, on Johnny <laughs> Max thing as me, but he signed it as me. Did you get his email in there? Yes. Everything's I'm going to sign Frank's pastor. I haven't hit the submit button, but I have the entire form filled out. Andrew just (laughs) noticed. I'm going to sign my youth pastor up. Sign your youth pastors up. That'd be funny. Every youth group across the country is going to talk about sexual purity. All right. (laughs) Give kids silver rings. That'll work. Uh, Well, I want to know how many pastors are going to talk about sexual purity the next Sunday and just copy John MacArthur's sermon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Be, Hold up. I'm I, just going to pipe his into our campus. We're good. I mean, I'm surprised yeah, he didn't no say It's no different than what you guys that. do every other Sunday. <laughs> hey, oh. 
<laughs> Yikes. All right, here we go. Uh, this this last one we came from the churchleaders.com. USA, USA, Trump addresses Sunday worshipers at Dude, you Dallas. Say it. it's, that's not how you say it. USA, USA. <laughs> that's how you do that's it. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm from, my, my people are from Cuba. Uh, we say Cuba, Cuba. Uh, what uh, On Sunday, December 20th, the former President Donald Trump gave a special address at Robert Jeffries Church, First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Uh, guys, this was a big deal. Um I, I watched what he spoke. So it wasn't. So let me make sure we clarify. He didn't preach a sermon. He kind of came up, I think, after the sermon, and he he was did a political rally. Yeah, it felt very much like a MAGA rally in the sense that, like, uh, no masks, <laughs> no masks. They talked about Jesus, so it felt like a normal MAGA rally, right? No, but what was interesting is on the invitation to like the to the church there was like a list of all the things you can't bring mm. and one of them was like weapons and i'm like oh like that's and the reason why i just thought was shocked was that this is texas this is like yeah. the heart of second amendment country right but he like thanked he thanked robert he he talked briefly about his not his faith but like jesus and i know that he um he like talked about how bad the country currently is and I mean, he he got like a standing ovation twice, and people were chanting "USA, USA," and it's just like not gonna lie, guys. Like, I, I, I honestly, like, I'm at a point now where I feel like anytime we talk about politics, it's just gonna be a huge pendulum swing of just gross negativity or insane optimism. And so I'm always trying to be like, okay, it's not gonna be that bad. People are over exaggerating it. Here's the part where I'm just like, this is the part where I don't like about this. I have no problem with a former president going to a church or even coming on stage and whatever. What feels weird is when the congregation is chanting USA, USA in a church. Like that is a level of like secretism and nationalism that I get a little like I need to take a shower afterwards. (laughs) Again, I got no problem. I, I, I I want this on the record. I have no problem with Trump going to a church. I have no problem with... Robert Jeffries inviting him to give an address, whatever. That's fine. I feel weird about the chanting and the the Baal worship. If I can, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but you, know, but you got to know and you got to read the room and know that in that setting, inviting that person to come stand on the stage, oh yeah, is you saying that the USA USA chants are what we want. You're you're inviting I, that. So I'm actually, there's there's some response. There's responsibility for the pastor as well for leading the for sheep sure. that way. Well, aren't they known t- for their like um, once a year their patriotic services where they literally drop yeah. confetti? I mean, it's very on par for this church. It is. Well, Andrew and should think- be able to speak to this. Robert's a DTS grad, isn't he? Andrew? He is. He used to speak in chapel regularly when I was a student there, and like I, I have somewhere in my office, you know, he would come and give away his newest book to all the DTS students. Was it always like lined with an American flag? No, because there wasn't money in being a conservative after the George W. Bush years. Wow. So there was no, there was no, uh, there was no point in lining his pockets. That's not fair. I don't know him. I've shaken his hand once and now I need to wash that hand. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I literally was just on the, uh, the Dallas seminary website, looking at the chapel schedules for the past several semesters. Because I'm like, there's no way he's being asked back to chapel. Like, he was, 
he was probably a once a semester chapel speaker in my time at Dallas. He's not anymore though. No, he's not. He's, okay. He has not spoken the last. He's not speaking in chapel at all this semester and did not speak in chapel at all last semester. So, which makes sense. He, I, I will say I probably, so you said something, Jeff, like the responsibility kind of leans in on Robert Jeffries, not as, not as much as Trump. And I kind of agree with that. So the way Pastor Jeffries introduced him, he said he's the most pro-life, pro-religious liberty, pro-Israel president in the history of our great country and the most consequential president since Abraham Lincoln. And then he also said, I'm trying, I want to find the exact quote because I don't want to misquote him. He said something about like he will he's helping save Christianity. Oh my well, god. His sermon was called What If There Were No Christmas? And he said that Trump's Christmas address would be the climax and conclusion of the service. Not, you know, the Lord's table or God's word, but so Trump paraphrased Jeffries in saying this. Trump may not know the Bible as well as all of us, but he loves God, he loves Jesus, and he's a leader, and he's going to lead us into great things in helping and saving Christianity. Yikes. So all that to say is this is, again, I'll reiterate, no problem with a former president or current president being invited to church. I don't have a problem necessarily with them coming on stage and giving a quick address. Well, I wouldn't do it, but whatever. Uh, I do get weirded out when we see kind of this like syncretism of nationalism, that's my only beef here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I uh, actually, I actually do have a problem with it on a Sunday morning. Like, I think it's, I, I, oh, I have, I, a, I have a no political, no like community leaders are leading stuff on a Sunday morning policy. We're just so, not doing it. I I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Here's the question I have. Where's the line between having Donald Trump speak at your pulpit Versus having the American flag beside your baptismal in a church. Well, I don't have my American flag in the church either. I know, I know, I know. My line. Well, yeah, okay. So to your point, I mean, so you would say that, and which I'm agreeance with you, like there should not even be an American flag in your sanctuary. Because you know, I'm saying there's, I'm I'm saying there's not one in my sanctuary. I don't want to go so far as to say you should not, right? But um, I would say that it's just a road I'm not going to go down. And I think my proximity to DC is part of that here. Yeah. Um, but if you're coming to the I, Practically Pastoring Conference in February, you will see an American flag in the courtyard of Lakeview Church. Yeah. I hope that doesn't offend it, you. It will not. I, my, uh, my, uh, my brother in law is, is, is a youth pastor in a church in Nashville, a Southern Baptist Across church. the plains of Texas. Andrew, I'm speaking. <laughs> I know, I'm, I, I, I've moved he away. doesn't care. I've moved away from the microphone. It's just in the background. Listen, but I respectfully sat at my table and ate my food and listened to you preach, Andrew. You will give this man respect. <laughs> uh, Frank is just mute you in post. Houston. They have a bunch of flags, like all the world's flags in their like church as a sign of like their missions, right? Yeah, so, we like, did that at a church I grew up in. Yeah, and and he's, I, I, I agree with Jeff. I don't like any flags, even the Christian flag, whatever that means, in a church. Um, I, I think it's like unnecessary. I'm not like, I don't think it's like, um, like I don't think it's super sinful. I think it, I think any imagery in your worship service does something. Mm. And if you are bringing, nationalistic images in your services that means something right so i think we should you should be mindful of that whether that is a whether whether you have an american flag or whether you have a painting of jesus that matters like yeah. what jesus like, like like all that stuff matters so i think 
being intentional about what you bring into your worship service matters. But um, yeah, I don't think a, a American flag on stage is like the greatest idea. I'm sure there's people in my church who would love to have an American flag on our stage, but uh, I'm not into it because I'd rather us focus on Jesus and not any country we're in. Yo, I just realized while you were speaking, like VBS growing up, you always say a pledge to the American flag, the Christian flag, and the Bible. Like that junk is indoctrinated. Yeah. That's the definition of indoctrination. (laughs) The, The Christian flag pledge is kooky. I'm just, I'm just gonna. It, it is, and I went to Christian school. We said it every day. Yeah. So every single morning, pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the years. Savior for His kingdom it stands. stands. One Savior crucified, risen, and coming again. I mean, it is that is. If you read uh, Jesus and John Wayne, and it talks about the rise of Christian schools, it talks all about how like Christian schools were a place a to separate races, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but but B also to like indoctrinate nationalism yeah. into uh into uh the younger generation. It's a really interesting book. Um all, all that to say is this. This is a very this was kind of like a big deal because like I've never like Obama's been to churches. George W. Bush has been I bet you George W has been to this church. Like I, I'm sure that like Former presidents going to churches and maybe even like greeting people isn't that new. Yeah, but George W. Bush was a member of a church before he showed up at a church and asked for a microphone. <laughs> very, very well. I mean, um, who was the president uh, before uh, Bush? Jimmy Carter. He was a Sunday school teacher. Like, you have all these like. Am I wrong? You guys, are no, you guys you're no, right. he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everyone's making a face right now, and I'm just showing that. No, Jimmy Carter is a Southern, Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. All that to say is this feels a little weird. I don't like the idea of that USA is being chanted in church. Um, but it is what it is. This is what happened. Any other thoughts about Trump uh, being at First Baptist Dallas? No. I think it's okay to chant USA in church if you're watching Mighty Ducks 2 with the youth group. <laughs> or like a World Cup context. party or something. Yeah, World Cup party. It's okay. Yeah. I love Olympics. It. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to announce the winner of our free registration for the Practically Pastoring Conference. Hey. Hey, welcome back. And we have a winner. If you, if you over the Christmas break, we announced that we're going to give away a free registration and we have a winner. And just want you to know that of the thousands of entries, we were able to choose just one. And the winner is, can I get a drum roll from somebody? J Row. J Row, you are the winner. Um, I'm going to send you a DM. Now, remember, this is a free registration. You still have to figure out how to get there, get your accommodations, all the other stuff. But you want a free registration. I'll hit you up in the DMs. And everyone else who entered, check your messages because I, I'm going to send you a message uh, uh, that will may pique your interest as well when it comes to this conference. Hey, guys, this was really fun. Again, I can't wait to the, I can't wait to see you guys. We're like seven weeks away from the Practically Pastoring Conference. We're going to see each other. I'm going to give each of you a hug, maybe a big old 
gospel-centered uh, brotherly love kiss too, and it's going to be a good time. I cannot wait. Hey, uh, join our Facebook group if you haven't done so. Uh, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, all that good stuff. Please give us a rate and review. Share this podcast with a friend. We look forward to doing this next week, but we want more people to hear it, so share it with a friend. And with that said, until next time, my name is Frank Gill. I am Jeffrey Simpson. I'm Delmar Dean Pete the Third. <laughs> Yo soy Andres Larson. And I'm Timothy Allen Miller. And this is Primarily Pastoring. We'll see you next time. Bye. That was weird. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better. <laughs>